The following episode is uncensored and contains language and scenarios that some listeners may find disturbing or offensive. We don't intend to make a habit of this, but there are some topics that are darker than others and warrant an unfiltered discussion. We hope you understand, and with that being said, on with the episode. I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And And this this is That Other F Word. Oh, what a fun way to start a, an episode that could be very sad. <laughs> I'm, I want to make this one not as sad, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually sadder the more that I looked into it. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It's absolutely awful. So this, I guess, you want to intro it. It's something I sent to you all. Yeah. So Katrina sent us an article, and I bet Mitch read it and got into it, like dive, dove into a bunch of research. Always. He always does that. It's yes. great. Most so the, animal crossing research. Yeah. And and talking directly into a microphone research as well. I mean, you could always pull the mic back so when you're sitting back watching your or playing your switch. Yeah. Are you talking on my mic, by the way, still? Oh yeah. This is upsetting. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody's on Facebook watching this so you can see what Mitchell just did to my mic. You're a broken person. You should have seen what it went through before I got the bidet. Times a broken? You are a broken person. person. <laughs> In times of coronavirus, you should not be pretending to lick and poo on my mic. I'm just saying. I did not pretend to lick your mic. <laughs> or deep throat it, whatever you were doing to my mic. I think what he's saying is he didn't pretend. <laughs> he deep throated my mouth, my mic. Thank you. Oh. oh my God. Really, dude? <laughs> All That's right. Fine. I'm, I know what to order on Amazon now. So this is uh, from Market Watch. <laughs> so it's, it's a, a letter someone sent in to the moneyest, I believe. Mm-hmm. So she said, my husband refuses to give me my stimulus check from his savings account. We filed taxes jointly, but I'm not listed on the checking account. I have a checking account, and he has his own checking account. He says that I don't deserve it because I didn't earn it. What is my best course of action? Kill him when he's sleeping. I was going to say, what would our answer be? You got mine. Mitchie, what would your answer be? Uh, Am I answering? Who who am I answering on behalf of? (laughs) I know I was joking, Katrina. Uh, I, I think it's actually you could do both. Go ahead and answer my, for both. My answer would be that's tax money. That's not your money. It has nothing to do with how much you earned. Right. They, Cause they filed jointly. Right. But I mean like, but that's what I'm saying. Like if they filed jointly, it's, it doesn't matter. Like everybody got that check. Like it's collective it, money. Yes. Right. She would have been on the hook if they if they messed up their taxes somehow. So she's entitled to that money. Yeah, but so everybody was entitled to that money. Is what I'm saying. Like everybody got that money. Like unemployed people got that money. It, it's like here's twelve hundred dollars for most people, unless you make a lot more than twelve hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So it's like that money was based on individuals, not how much you earn. Right. Yes. He just doesn't understand math or the government or taxes or chivalry. Or he's a jerk. So, <laughs> what Maybe the money is. Look, if I 
if I scooch down a little bit, you can't even, I just put my whole face behind the microphone. We do prefer it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> so the money has basically told her that she was the victim of financial abuse, which is a term I had never heard before. Um, he cited the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and said financial abuse happens when an abuser takes control of finances to prevent the other person from leaving and to maintain power in a relationship. An abuser may take control of all the money, withhold it, and conceal financial information from the victim. Did you respond what you would do, by the way? I just con like concur with Mitch, basically. Um, so I'm the only person who kills my spouse. Got it. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so um, financial abuse is a form of domestic violence. Uh, not all scars are visible. Many are psychological and have the same insidious effect to control and subdue another person. I think that's from the National Network to End Domestic Violence. Oh, no, that's from Market Watch still. So from the National Network to End Domestic Violence. Um, so interestingly, financial abuse occurs in 99% of domestic violence cases. It's often cited as the reason a victim stays or returns to an abuser. And with all forms of abuse, financial abuse occur occurs across all socioeconomic, educational, and racial and ethnic groups. So, sure. I think I think it was interesting. I think after I read that, what I thought was, okay, so this is just kind of part and parcel of another abusive situation. It's just another tool that somebody who is engaged in, you know, physical or mental abuse uses, <clears throat> and that's kind of true. But it's also kind of its own thing. And I, I don't think I totally realized that until I read some more. Right. I think they, I think they do often, like you said, come hand in hand. And there's this whole, you know, thing. This is also, by the way, if you're, you know, in divorce, why somebody who might have been a housewife, for instance, gets a bunch of money. Because there is a, there is a monetary value to your life even if you're not necessarily making a true income, you know, your, your contribution to the house does have a monetary value. So in a divorce, either one, if one parent, if one family person stays home, the other works in a divorce, the person who stayed home, they get money. And so, you know, you're, there's an, there's an equity there is just what I'm trying to point out there. Right. But I think this goes well beyond any of that. Um, That's correct. It's a lot of like, there's kind of like this, this forced slaveness, you know, a lot of men will come home and their wife is at as home and they wonder why the house isn't clean and why they're, why the food isn't made and all of these things. And it's a money thing. A lot of women are on an allowance. Yeah. Let me, let me read this list. I'll go through it fast because it's kind of, it's a little drier, but then I've got some examples that are a little more uh, shocking. Um, so forbidding the victim to work, sabotaging work or employment opportunities, mm -hmm. forbidding the victim from attending job training or advancement opportunities, controlling how all the money is spent, not including the victim in investment or banking decisions, not allowing the victim to access bank accounts, withholding money or giving an allowance, mm -hmm. forcing the victim to write bad checks or file fraudulent tax returns, running up large amounts of debt, refusing to work or contribute to the family income, 
withholding funds for the victim or children to obtain basic needs, hiding assets, stealing the victim's identity, property, or inheritance, forcing the victim to work in a family business without pay, refusing to pay bills and ruining the victim's credit, forcing the victim to turn over public benefits or threatening to turn the victim in for cheating or misusing benefits, filing false insurance claims, refusing to pay or evading child support, or manipulating divorce process by drawing it out by hiding or not disclosing assets. So that sounds like, but so what that could actually look like, um, the, the list was actually terrifying. There was a woman who wrote a book and I'll share it. There was an article in business insider about it. Um, but that can look like your husband making you or your partner making you do sexual favors for money. Um, it could look like someone intentionally keeping you in debt. It could look like somebody turning off your debit cards when you're going to the store to buy feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Like there was a woman whose husband drained her accounts and she couldn't afford tampons. Yeah. Um, There was another woman who had to, even though they were an affluent family, had to apply for free lunches for her kids because he wouldn't give her access to money. Um, You know, this looks like, you know, elaborate schemes to avoid work and making the other person carry the burden. Um, it is, there were examples of, obviously this is mostly something that happens to women, but there were examples of women doing this to men as well. And of course, I'm sure there are examples of men doing it to men and women doing it to women. Right. Sure. Um, But you know, there was a situation where there was a wife who would physically beat her husband anytime he bought something for himself. Um, and yeah, he can't, about, he can't do anything about it because he's the one who's going to go to jail for domestic abuse. Right. I mean, let's be honest. A guy goes into the police and says, my wife beat me. There are no repercussions. Right. They don't take him seriously. Right. And that's, that's ridiculous. Of course it is. Um, and it's, it's actually an incredibly powerful form of abuse because it's so subtle maybe isn't the right word, but it's like, so for like the woman who, you know, they live in a big house and she's got nice clothes, but she has to apply for free lunches. Who's she going to talk to about that? Who's going to take her seriously? Right. And it ends up impacting almost every decision that you make in a day, right? If someone controls your money or if someone is keeping you with very little money, making sure you don't have a lot of money because they're spending it on other stuff, they're literally controlling what's on your back, what's in your stomach, what's over your head, all the, like, possibly what you're having to do all day, every day. I worked with someone who that was very much the case. Yeah. That she she worked really hard. Her husband made plenty of money and she still never had enough money because he wouldn't pay for anything for her or her child, who was his child also. But she was, you know, this is why, so Deb, we should have had Deb on. Deb Schmidt does this. Like she helps women with financial independence and understanding finances. I've often said this, some, you know, there's a lot of couples who like do everything together, who have nothing separate. No, you know, sometimes I struggle with remembering I'm married. I know that sounds crazy, but like, you know, we got married. We already both had a bunch of assets and things and we just kept them separate. Right. We have a couple joint accounts, 
but we're both completely financially independent from one another. The other would never allow, you know, nope. It's not like, oh, well, I'm buying groceries and you can't eat them. That's, you know, that's not what I'm talking about, but we have our own accounts that are separate that we manage. We have our own credit cards, all of those things. We would never not buy groceries, right? Because the other hadn't bought, you know, so none of that is, but I'm financially independent. And so, and he is too. Neither of us could do this to the other. Right. You know, we've, we've not set ourselves up to have this happen. Now that's fortunate. That's, and it's because we knew better or we're, I don't know. I don't, you know, a lot of things led to this being a good thing. Plus he, he, both of us are not abusive to the other. So that's of course helpful, you know, but not, not being able to be abused in this way is liberating. Let's just say, you know, like I don't have to worry about that myself. Whereas I'm in a situation where if Shane wasn't Shane, my life could be a very different story. Um, Basically from the moment we moved in together, Shane and I kind of decided our money was our money, which is very different from how you and Donnie operate, but everybody just has to do what works for them. I know, I mean, a lot of people say the opposite of what you guys are doing is that, you know, but it gets tricky to have our money be our money when I'm now staying home with Heavenly Dragon, right? right? Um, I just kind nice. yeah, go ahead. It's nice that Shane has looked at it as our money since before we were even married, right? Right. And I'm not sure that it would work if that wasn't the mentality sure. that he had. Sure. Um, and it works for us and everything's, but like, I think it's important to take stock of those things and have conversations about them before you do any commingling. And actually we both still have separate accounts. We just kind of treat one account like a savings and one like right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's all very tricky. Well, right? it's just, you know, so I, because I saw so many of my friends that were older, like if their husbands died or divorced them, they didn't know where their, how to pay their bills. They didn't know where the money was coming from. And I just could yeah. never be that person because, you know, we've been together 14 years, you know, even if we got to, you know, nobody thinks we're going to, like, you don't go into it thinking you're going to get divorced. Right. But I did, th- you know, what if, what if one of us died? Right. I have to know how to pay my, I have to be able to function without him. I can't just go lay down and die with him. You know, I couldn't be that person. I'm just not that person. So me being aware of, you know, the finances, me knowing, even if they're the bills he pays, I know what he pays. Right. I don't go, oh, I don't know what insurance I have because he does handle our insurance. You know, I handle the water. He knows who, if I died, he would know to pay the water bill. Right. You know what I mean? Like just because each of us pays certain things, the other's still aware, right? We've got this like complete financial awareness and it's very helpful to, yeah. you know. Well, and I think it helps like, so you and I both didn't get married when we were 20 years old. Right. It helps that like I was already an independent person paying all of my own bills when I came into the relationship. And that's not to, that's not to say that it's a bad idea. Well, it's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Don't get married until you're at least 30. <laughs> By then you've got some damn sense. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have all your sense, Mitchell? No, hell no. It's going to no. take him till at least 40. If I make that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 
probably two dog crates away from calling it quits. <laughs> two dog crates? Is that what you said? Yeah, yes, you know, he likes to flip over them in the middle of the night. <laughs> How are your stigmatas, by the way? Uh, we're healed up. We're good. 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 The knee's still jacked up, but... Good job. You know, well, so, we're, we're getting through it. How do you feel about this whole financial stuff and abusing your spouse? I, I really... <clears throat> Sorry, that stretch just took over. Whew, I felt good. Um, I really, uh, it, really want somebody to uh, um, financially abuse me. Uh, AKA, just take all of my money and then give me what I have to spend and make sure the bills are paid. Because I'm really good at spending money. That's not financial abuse. I, where, where is that I, on the list of things? It was, I, <laughs> I get it. But you want a keeper, you like want someone to keep you. We that's something different, right? No, I mean, I. I I don't, I, I don't see the point of it. I think it's, I think it's bad, obviously, but I'm also the guy that's like, no, please take control of my money. Like, I don't want your money because then we won't have any money. So well, take my money from me and you do that. I don't care if I have to learn how to do this after you die. I will figure that out when <laughs> it happens. But right now for the sanity and sake of both of us, this is on you. So it's more like, I'm say really, we were I'm the one that that wants to relinquish control of my finances. Uh, That's not quite, I just brought that up as, as a why this, for instance, won't happen to me. But for instance, say you're in a relationship and you're, you decide you're not going to work anymore because you're going to produce our podcast full time, which you know how much that pays. <laughs> Steamboat. Super, right? It pays and then get in, she comes home. And she's like, well, here's your $5 for the week. And why isn't, why haven't you made dinner? Why aren't things clean? And now I would love you to pleasure me for the next hour and a half. Not I would like you to, you are going to. I mean, it depends on the day of the week, I guess. I, I don't know. Some of that doesn't sound terrible. Um <laughs> Right up until the servitude is every day of your life. I feel like in your situation, it could look more like a woman demanding you spend money on her in order to be in a relationship and like giving you a hard time anytime you spent money on yourself. Yeah. Or like, why'd you buy stuff for the podcast studio? We were going to go on a vacation or, you know, that kind of like devaluing the things that are important to you and giving you like requirements for being in a relationship with someone that you love. Financial requirement. I mean, I'm not, I'm not falling in that trap. Uh, okay. So here's one thing I wanted to say. I think anybody can find themselves in an abusive relationship. Absolutely. And I it's agree easy with to that. say it's financial abuse is especially difficult because it's the red flags come a lot later because you don't usually commingle your money until later. And I think it's a gradual thing. Oh Yeah. And if you are someone who doesn't think that you could end up in an abusive relationship, or if you think you don't know anybody who has been in an abusive relationship, you're incorrect. Correct. You're wrong. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it. And if I think about the people in my life who I know who have been in abusive relationships, it's not who you would think. It oh, can I've happen been in one. Like, I mean, for real, like I've been in an emotionally abusive relationship. So 
I mean, right. And this, but I also from that, I learned who I was and my personal self worth. And so, right. at this point, it ain't it ain't happening again. Yeah. Well, this I love you. I wish I could not hug you right now because you don't want to be hugged. But it's it's not a big deal. I mean, it happened. We <laughs> he lived. On. But yeah, did you die? Terrible. Yeah. But you know, it isn't. It's it's just like other abuses that are hard to prove, you know, there's no physical damage. You know, yeah, yeah. this is a mental, this is in the mental scheme of abuses. And well, I think like, like the woman, said, I'm, the, the rich no. woman or the, the rich woman in a nice house with nice clothes and driving a Bima, how she explained to me, she doesn't have money. Right. Where do I mean, you go? Now, Who do you turn to? Right. Who believes you? Why would anybody believe you? Right. right. Well, gaslighting comes uh, along with this, where the husband or the the spouse, let's say that, let's let's be uh, a little bit more, uh, yeah, gender fluid. The spouse often uh, establishes that that level of doubt, where it's nobody's going to believe you if you do this, or nobody would ever do this stuff for you that I'm doing for you. You're just ungrateful. This is, it, 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 they start to like, that's in there. That's deep. So they don't think that their concerns are valid. Right. Because it's all been devalidated. Right. Unvalidated, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. But, right. Invalidated. Yes. That one too. Um, it had validated. So in there's it. no, they don't have any confidence in talking to anybody because they think that they're crazy for thinking differently than what they're being told. And they've been told that they've been told they're crazy. They've been told that they should be happy with the life that they have. Right. right. Do you know how many people would want this house? Do you know how many people out there would want your car? And they don't get that. You get that. So all you have to do is this, 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 and this. And I don't think that's asking too much because I'm out there all day busting my ass, bringing home all this money. And you just have these four or five to 20 tasks that you have to accomplish on a daily basis. That's a good point. Do you think that all of the abusers, I mean, I, I think abusers do it intentionally. Do you think some are a little more like it kind of happens do I, think accident? That, yeah, do I think that abusers know they're abusing? Yeah, like do some of them think, well, you know, I'm out there busting, like you said, busting my ass working and you're just home. Do you think that some, or, or do they justify it? Like, No, I think that they actually believe it. Like I don't, I think it's sort of like crazy. If you're crazy, you don't know that you're crazy. Right. Yeah. And so they don't even, some of them might not even really truly think of it as abuse or that no, they are i'm confident that they don't because i'm sure that they're also having these conversations with their friends at work like yeah i mean i i couldn't believe it i got home and dinner wasn't made can y'all believe that like i i, I guarantee that these conversations are happening matter of factly in their echo chamber of, of how it's perceived on the other side because it's there's something going on mentally with them as well yeah it's probably often behavior that's been modeled Yes, absolutely. absolutely. A lot of it is learned behavior. And they're in a, probably in an echo chamber. They're working at some place with other guys like them, and no one ever says, um, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah, you, we're speaking you know? up is just unmasculine, so you don't. Right. You mm -hmm. know? 
Yeah, the guys who are like you or like Donnie or Shane are like, Dude. I'm not saying anything. This guy's nuts. Yeah. Right. This guy will probably lose his shit on me next. Right. Yeah. Take over my finances, which maybe <laughs> I have to talk to him about because I'm, I've been spending a lot lately. Anyways. Are you financially abusing yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, drunk Mitch surprises sober Mitch on a regular. Oh, <laughs> he surprises us too. Yeah. What What is this I'm getting on my porch today? Oh, a six foot inflatable dinosaur. How fun. It is kind of fun because we get such a wide gamut of personalities. We never know what to expect. Do you, Hey, do you remember a few weeks ago texting me, asking me how we could get revenge on Katrina? Yes. Yeah. You remember that? I do. What did I do? Did I get revenge? You did, you did nothing. And I said, Mitch, that's not really my style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Ren. You got to conspire. That's what he said. I don't remember the plan, <laughs> but it was a good one. It was going to be hilarious. And but then you didn't do it. No, I didn't follow through. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, God. I remember the conversation, but not what my plan was. Oh, Mitchell. <laughs> well... I think, so I think what we're getting at, this is something that probably creeps up. It can happen to anybody. Um, you really do have to be, there is, there are resources out there. I think also, as always, if you're in an abusive relationship, when you realize you are in, there is help and you just need to help find it and, and get out of the abusive situation. I'm afraid that all abuse leads to other abuse. Yeah. Um, I think these are all tied in. I would, I would take a guess. You know, you talked about like sexual favors for money and stuff. That is also then sexual abuse. You can be raped if you're married. You can be abused. You do not have, there are, you know, just because you're married doesn't give someone carte blanche to do what they want to you. That's not what that means. Right. And there, you know, you do need, you need to seek professional help. There are a lot of, like I said, there are a lot of resources. It just, it's very scary for me as a woman to think of other women having this happen. And I can't do anything because I don't, I wouldn't know. And so what do we, if you do feel that someone's in a relationship like this, what would we suggest that people do? Well, I mean, my friend, I used, you know, I used to tell her, I was like, you know, you really need to consult like an attorney that specializes in divorce and and things like that i this isn't okay there's not no you're not supposed this is not how this is supposed to be yeah i know there are not everybody's relationship and things don't look the same but what is never okay is abuse so it doesn't matter your relationship my relationship mitch's relationship all of our relationships look different that's okay what is the commonality is there is no abuse in those relationships. And that's when that is the absolutely not. And so if you're being abused, my suggestion is out. Yeah. You'll be fine. You really will. There are plenty of women who have been abused in every way you can imagine. They get out and they end up, they end up being okay. They end up surviving. Your life will look very different and you may have to make some very hard decisions, but it's, it's for your safety. Well, and I think if you know someone, you know, I think having honest conversations with them right. is good, but I think it's really important to never like 
give people ultimatums. I think it's, it's good to be there, like be there, you know, be helpful, but don't make them feel like they have to choose any, like, that's not your role. Like, don't make them, you know, because I think one thing in almost all abusive situations, um, you know, people end up getting ostracized from the people that care about them. Well, sure. That's not helpful. If you were being abused by Shane and I said to you, you either get out of that, this relationship or I'm not your friend. That isn't, that's not going to help you. Right. You know, and I know it can be very frustrating when you're the person telling this person the same thing over and over, but you can't abandon your friends either, even though that would be a kind of knee jerk. I'm hesitant for any knee jerk reactions. You, You have to keep like an open line of communication. Yeah. Um, Mitchie, do you have anything to add to that? No, I do not. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I think I've okay. said enough. Well, what helped, what helped you get out? Uh, what if one of us came to you? I mean, you're one of our best friends. If we needed to talk to somebody and we talked to a man, right, who at least, you know, what do you say to Ren or me if we say, hey, the other, you know, he's doing this. You should really talk to Ren or Katrina. <laughs> Ren, you should talk to Katrina. Katrina, yes, talk to uh, Ren. How many people have you talked to before you got here? Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is where you ended up. I do appreciate that you're saying you're not an expert. Uh, I, I'm not. I, Nothing I mean, wrong with that. You got to get out. I mean, that, that's the thing. And, and sometimes you just have to reach that breaking point. And I mean, that, that's the thing with any kind of, thing like this or addiction is you're not going to get out until you are awoken and, and can see it and you're, you're ready to get out. I mean, it's, it's easy to tell somebody to get out, but them doing it and and, and going down that path is, it's not easy. So, you know, just like, yep, that sucks. You should get out. Let me know if I can help. And, And that's, because most of the time these people are invested in the relationship you know what i mean i wonder if this video caught the, the cone of spray that just came out of probably it's why we're not in the studio the listeners why we're not in the studio well and and ren you're right it creeps up and so it's like i don't know it's just i think it's something that creeps up and then it becomes out of control before you realize it yeah it's little things, little things, little things. And then all of a sudden it's a big thing. And then it's like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm invested in this. This has been my life for 10 years. Right. And you don't just walk away from 10 years, even if it's not, even if it's not ideal. Right. Especially then, if you have kids. You have kids. And that, of, there's a lot of ways to justify staying. Sure. And that's a game changer. And, at, you know, so you're like, well, I have all these things, but at least I have a house to live in. If I don't so stay many people with them, have it way worse than I have it. If I, don't ha- if I don't stay with them, I don't have a house. And now I have no job skills because I haven't worked. I mean, this is, this is why they stay. This is why people stay. Right. If you don't have a prenup, don't stay. Divorce attorney, a good enough divorce attorney will get you good uh, alimony. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an uplifting episode of That Other Word. So- so fun. Dupes exciting. I, I just I just recommend 
before you're in any relationship, anybody, you should, you should understand your own finances and be financially independent, at least enough to know how to function should everything just fall apart. Yeah. You know, that's, that's it. Even if you get into a relationship and that person controls the finances, if you understand the fundamentals, you'll already, you know, be better off and just be aware that these things happen and financial abuse exists and don't let it spiral. Because it can, it can happen to all of us. So, woohoo! Yay! Let's, uh, since that was so heavy, let's like close out on something happy. Like, what are you, what are you happy about in your life right now? Your What's blue exciting? hair. Your blue hair right now. It's, it's like, making me really happy too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> like so jealous. Overtone. I Overtone. love it. It's amazing. Mitch, what you should be happy about all those house plants you've been buying. Like, I am. And I just planted my pineapple tops and then my animal crossing guy looks like Jesus. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He looks like he looks kind of like an alternative scruffy Jesus. I dig it. Did Jesus have a halo? Uh, eventually. I, I also believe Jesus had curly hair and was dark skinned, but it's fine. Right. All you white Christians believe he was blue, blue eyed and blonde. Look, I just <laughs> Fine. So there goes my positivity. All right. So. <laughs> oh, I'm, you're you're upset yeah, now that Jesus wasn't that white. Tell us something that you're super pumped and positive about, so we can shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met us? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you get when you're non-compliant. Do you know how much steamboat you're gonna have to bring me? <laughs> Like the biggest one they have, just massive and oh look! And then he's eating the Listen, jingle. You can't jangle. be mad at me. You're eating my jingle jangle. It's true. Contraband jingle jangle. It's the one we hid from Shane. That's right. <laughs> what is? Did you know? Tr- that's that's a chocolate covered JoJo. A cho- What is a JoJo? It's a bootleg Oreo. Mm. It's a Trader Joe's Oreo. So where are the balls? Popcorn. Mm. Oh, those are delicious. Do not pick up a piece and then put it back. <laughs> put it back. Coronavirus. This is, y'all ain't getting any of this. <laughs> I don't need it anyway. Are these little mini Reese cups? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's dark and milk chocolate versions of everything. Mm. I don't eat that because in Riverdale, Jingle Jangle's the drug. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Right. Trader Joe's now has Sprinkle Jangle. What? So what is it? Like this is the same thing in a green tin. <laughs> Got it. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know Trader Joe's life. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to like maybe maybe we figure out a nice segment at the end of these like heavier episodes. So it's How about this? Like a- How about we close with, with puppy time? Oh. oh, that's a good one. Hey Lemmy. Hey Lemmy, you want to give the tagline since Ren and I can't get it right? Feminism isn't a bad word. Oh, I don't think his voice would sound like that. That's, really. what, his voice, that's what his voice sounds like. <laughs> not, not Feminism according to me. Isn't a bad word. Um, no. better, on. but still pretty bad. Um, oh, good God. oh, and there's Dee Dee. Dee Dee's would sound more like that for sure. Feminism isn't a bad word. Aw, thanks, Uh Find us on Instagram, that other F word pod. We're on Facebook. These videos, because we're in quarantine. 
are on. So if you'd like to see what we look like when the other one has said something stupid, then you can see it. And you can see Lemmy and Dio make an appearance here at the end. We miss you, Dee Dee.